Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. We have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. There's not many teams at the beginning of the year that can say that. We have a chance to, and, and it's got to be on us to make that happen. You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. This is our opportunity. Our time is, is now. Our window is now. 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 William Carlson right in front of the Vegas bench. But the Sharks have a sense of urgency about them in their first couple of shifts. The crowd loves it. Now it's no score in the first period. Inside the San Jose zone. Game five continues here. Carlson feeds to center. Lead pass. Hurdle grabs it. Crosses the line. Fires. He scores! Tomas Hurdle grabbed it at the blue line. Averted disaster in what could have been an interception as the pass came from Eric Carlson. He got it away from William Carlson. Moved in. And on the very first great scoring chance, beats Marc-Andre Fleury. Tomas Hurdle makes it one nothing charge at 1-16 of the first. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. I am your host, Ted Ramey. Morning Tide drops every morning after a Sharks playoff game, and we get to do this at least one more time as the San Jose Sharks get a big 5-2 win over the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday night at SAP Center. What an absolutely brilliant performance from the Sharks. Martin Jones had his best performance of the season, maybe, and his best performance of the series by far. Tomas Hurdle was absolutely amazing. Logan Couture was fantastic. Eric Carlson, Joe Pavelski, Joe Thornton, Timo Meyer, everybody that needed to be an impact player was an impact player. I know I'm not naming everybody that I need to right now, but I would simply spend too much time naming names, and there's far too much to get into out of what we saw last night at the tank. I, I mean, it was just... It was a spectacular it was a spectacular performance. It was everything the Sharks needed to put forth on the ice. It was everything that Vegas was simply not ready for cuz the onus was completely on the Sharks. And I think that Vegas was expecting the Sharks to wilt in the face of pressure in the face of being down 3 games to 1. I think Vegas was not expecting for the Sharks to have that kind of a pushback um, with their backs to the wall and on the brink of elimination. But now the Sharks came out and absolutely smacked the Knights around. And suddenly the onus is now back on Vegas. But Vegas is reeling. They had their chance to end this series and they whiffed. And now suddenly the Sharks have a head full of steam. They're going back to Vegas and all they're thinking to themselves is, hey, we've got two days to rest. And then we're going to go into Vegas, we're going to win Game 6, and then we're going to send it back home for Game 7. It'll be at SAP Center, it'll be in front of a rabid audience, and we're going to win this series and move on to the next round. 
I guarantee every single member of the San Jose Sharks is thinking that, and I know this because of what Tomas Hurdle had to say after last night's win, the immediate aftermath with Jamie Baker. When you're the number one star in a playoff game, you get to give Sharky a hug and a low five. Congratulations. I know you had two goals tonight. I'm not going to ask you about those. What a huge win and a great game by this hockey team. Uh, it was a fun game, you know. We started fast right away. No offense. It was unbelievable, you know, to help us, you know, in this game. And we... You know... It was... It was just fun game, and, and now we, you know, we have one more game and come back for game seven, and I believe it because we're better team than them. Congratulations. Go get ready for game six. Awesome night tonight. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's hear it for Tomas Hurdle. And when I hear that post-game commentary from Tomas Hurdle, that's not a man who thinks they can go into Vegas and win. That's a man who knows they can go into Vegas and win. He went out there and said, hey, we are a better team than them. That is gauntlet thrown. That is him just saying, you know what? I'm making this statement because I feel this is the reality, and we're going to go out there and prove it because I know that I'm right. And when you hear that kind of a confidence, when you hear that kind of a belief, that's a paradigm shift from how the Sharks were reacting to things just a couple of days ago. How did it happen? They played a more thoughtful game, but also at the same time a more aggressive game and a more effort and purposeful game than what we saw in games three and four, particularly in Las Vegas. The Sharks were smarter on defense. They were more committed on defense. They stayed out of the extracurriculars. They did not let Vegas get in their head. They were overall a team that wanted it more than Vegas. I mean, if you just watch the way they were blocking passes and the way that they were blocking shots and the way that they were giving up their body on the ice nonstop throughout the game last night, the Sharks were the team that wanted to win more, and it didn't matter what Vegas was trying to do. And credit to Vegas, this was not like Game 1 when the Sharks just simply overwhelmed them and they wilted. Vegas hung around. Vegas tried to stay in this game. The Sharks would not let up. The Sharks simply played a better, more aggressive game that was simultaneously more thoughtful, more aware, and more effective than what they had shown in the previous three games. Now, you want to go back to game two? This is still where I feel everything changed in this series when the Sharks were on the wrong end of the worst call of the Stanley Cup playoffs so far in that goalie interference call. That changed the dynamic of the series. Well, last night, the Sharks changed it back. And my prediction all along was Sharks in seven. I figured the Sharks were going to win two at home, lose two on the road, come home and win game five, lose game six, and then come back home and win game seven. And now that script has been flipped just a little bit, but now we're looking to the Sharks in a situation where they've won game five. Now they've got to go to Las Vegas and win game six, send it back home, win game seven. There is a correction at play, and this is something that I've been talking about because that top line, Stone, Stasny, Pacioretty, that is not as good as they looked through those three games. That's simply, that they were on pace to be just the greatest line that anybody had ever seen, especially against a team as good as the Sharks. It didn't make sense. What you were watching was simply a pendulum swing in one direction, which happens in sports, but especially in the playoffs, there is oftentimes a pendulum swing in the opposite direction, a correction, and that is what we're watching right now. I do not think that line's going to pop back in Game 6 or Game 7 and suddenly start lighting up the Sharks like we saw earlier. I think 
They played out of their minds for three games, and if you had spread that performance out over the course of the entire series, it would have made more sense. It all happened in three games. Now, the Sharks, who have only had one game against Marc-Andre Fleury where they have not been able to break through for multiple goals, now they've got the mental edge, and they've got the edge on the ice. The Sharks won last night simply because they wanted it more. Last night was not a victory about talent. Last night was not a victory about anything but overall desperation and desire. And that's how the Sharks are going to have to play from this point on. And I don't know if Vegas can match that intensity because Vegas now knows they let a golden opportunity slip through their fingers to eliminate the Sharks. They were not able to do it. Now the Sharks have a head full of steam and they have Martin Jones who looked significantly better last night than he has in recent memory. I'm going to say even better than in game one when he had, yes, a good performance, but last night he was tracking the puck better. He was owning his crease better. He was coming out. He was being more aggressive. He looked like he was tracking everything better. He looked like he was absorbing the rush better. He looked like he was seeing shots, the way he was deflecting things off the rebound and not putting them into a dangerous path. He was playing a better game. This looked like the playoff Jones that we were expecting, that Doug Wilson was expecting, that Pete DeBoer was expecting. His play wasn't flawless. I'm not trying to say that, but I, I don't fault him for either of the two goals. One took a really weird deflection bounce type angle, and the other one was through a screen on a power play. And both of those power plays, I think, were pretty weak calls. I guess the Kane one, you can say he came in, it was a high stick, and I know some people thought it was boarding, but he came in um, you know, with the stick upright. It, it, listen, either way, I thought that that's a call that has been going um, uncalled throughout other portions of the series, especially when Vegas was making hits like that. So suddenly the Sharks and Kane, who I think is getting picked on, gets a, a power play for that, and it leads to a goal. And then you get the awful tripping car call against Eric Carlson, which was just absurd. And then that led to another goal. So again, Martin Jones, yes, he let to get past him, but I don't think he was particularly at fault in either, and I think that he's going to have a head full of steam going into game number six now as well, and suddenly this is exactly what Joe Pavelski talked about after game four. He said, hey, what we need to do is win game number five, and then we'll get a little bit of rest before game six, and then we can try and send it home for game seven, and now you're giving Eric Carlson more of an opportunity to get healthier. Now you're giving Mark Edward Vlasic, who, yeah, he'd been out for a while the entire time the Sharks were losing. You give him more time to get healthy. Things have swung in the Sharks' favor, and I don't think this ends in Game 6. I think this ends in Game 7 at SAP Center with the Sharks advancing to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I know they've only won one game, they're still on the brink of elimination, and they are still the team that has been wildly inconsistent over the last month of the regular season and into the playoffs. But there was a feeling, and again, the way that Tomas Hurdle sounded after the game, this was a guy that was representing a team that suddenly felt like they had a breakthrough performance and realized what they were capable of. No, it did not come easy to them last night. It was not some walk in the park. They had to fight for everything, but they fought through everything Vegas was throwing at them and came out with a relatively dominant performance that simply pushed Vegas back on their heels and pushed Vegas back home to game number six, thinking to themselves, "Uh uh-oh, we may have just awoken a beast and we're not sure that we entirely know how to deal with it. That's what happens when you don't take advantage of your 
opportunities in the postseason. Vegas had an opportunity to shut down the Sharks for good. Now Vegas is dealing with a monster that maybe they created. I mean, the Sharks probably learned a lot about themselves over the course of games three and four in particular when they were embarrassed was the term that was being tossed around. When Las Vegas was scoring goals at will, particularly in the first minute of periods. You know, the Sharks could have internalized some of that. They could have, you know, been just all sorts of ticked off over the way those games had gone and over how they had looked. And again, it's the correction. It's the pendulum swing. I felt these were two exceptionally evenly matched teams. We weren't seeing it in games three and four in particular. We were seeing Vegas get all the breaks, get all the calls, get all the bounces, get all the phenomenal performances, and it was all happening at once. It was snowballing on the Sharks, and they could only hope to try and stay alive as they were dealing with the barrage that Vegas was throwing at them. And in game number five, the Sharks absorbed the barrage. They did not let in the early goals. They scored first. They took the lead. They controlled the game. They controlled their destiny. They won game five. They forced game six. And I can't wait to see what the Sharks now do Sunday night in Las Vegas. And I'm planning on being out there at the tank Tuesday night for a game number seven. You are listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, which drops every morning after a Sharks playoff game. It will be distributed by Sharks Digital. It's on their Twitter. It's on their Facebook. It's on their Instagram. It's on sjsharks.com. All their digital and social platforms are where you can find this talk show podcast. And now we are going to be joined by the one and only Randy Hahn. Of course, he is the TV play-by-play voice of the San Jose Sharks. Randy, what an absolutely brilliant performance from the Sharks last night. Yeah, they did what they had to do. They had to find a way. Uh, It is going to be tough to win three in a row, but you've got to take them one win at a time. And uh, you can can accomplish it if you approach it that way. And I I thought really from the onset they approached it that way tonight. Uh, Not only did they avoid giving up that early goal, which has (laughs) really been their Achilles heel in this series, they got the early goal. And that made uh, a statement and set the tone, and then they followed it up with another uh, and and really played a, a solid game all night, but uh, no one perhaps more impressively than Martin Jones, who uh, came up with his best game of this series. Yeah, easily, and I think that you know the goals that he did give up, um, you know, they were both off the power play, and especially you look at the way it goes down, uh, the first one, just a weird deflection, about as odd as a deflection I've really seen late. But let's talk about the way he set up tonight. He was more aggressive, absorbing the rush. He was moving to the puck differently than he has um, really since game one of this series is that I don't know how you make an adjustment like that in a matter of one game to the next but it was visible confidence you saw from him tonight that simply wasn't there over the past few games I'm not an expert about the goaltending position anything but (laughs) but but for me from the naked eye and and haven't had a chance obviously to go back and look at it again he was aggressive Mm -hmm. he was battling he was fighting for his crease he was fighting for a win and I think that some of the body language in games two, three, and four were maybe a more 
passive Martin Jones and a, and a, a dejected Martin Jones when a puck went in behind him. And I didn't see that kind of body language tonight. And he only let in two, and the first one was just a, a terrible uh, break, a, a great bounce for Vegas going in off Eric Carlson on the uh, Riley Smith goal and then gave up that second on the power play to Marcheseau through a screen. And I, I don't think you can hang either one on of those on him. But the rebound control was there. Mm-hmm. Just the aggressiveness uh, around his net and, and setting a tone that I think the rest of the team fed off of. They fed off that uh, aggressiveness and that work ethic that he put into place from the beginning of the game. And uh, what a, a genius stroke by Pete DeBoer. I mean, let's be honest here, Ted. DeBoer had thousands thousands of critics, yes. not just here in the Bay Area, but around the hockey world. Why on earth aren't you starting Arundel in Game 5? Uh, why, why didn't you start him in Game 4? And, and he tuned that all out, even if he heard it, and I'm sure he did. <laughs> and he came back with the goaltender that he believes in, that he feels his dressing room believes in, and it was the right, right decision, 100%. It really was, and that's, that's gutsy, too, because... Had he gone towards Dell, you're really wiping Jones off the board, even if they do win this game, because how do you move away from that guy? I mean, once you make that change, it's different than pulling a guy at a, at a certain point in the game, because once you make that shift, it changes you know, the psychology of the team. Like you alluded to, the guys in the dressing room believed in Jones, and it, it paid off. And I, you know, credit to Pete DeBoer, I always, I always laugh because everybody, like you said, the thousands of critics, I guess that you know, Pete DeBoer is one of the best hockey coaches in the world for a reason he just occasionally has to show us why (laughs) well you know he knows his room and he knows his players and let's be honest Jones has not had a very good year but he can finish by having a great playoff and that's what uh, DeBoer is banking on that's what Jones is trying to do here that's what Johan Hedberg the goaltending coach has been working with Jones all season long and over these past 10 days in the playoffs on the off days they're working they're talking they're they're watching video uh they're they're practicing they're they're practicing on his weaknesses whether it's from uh game four not seeing Pacioretty's shot that Mm -hmm. that went in uh to start a period and and not able to pick that up uh whatever it is they're working nonstop, and I think Sometimes fans forget how much goes into all of this from training camp on, from this whole organization. From It's not just Doug Wilson and the coach and, and, and you drop the puck. It's, a, it's an organization of hundreds of people that are all collectively trying to win. They're trying to get the Sharks to the finish line, trying to get them through this series, and whether they do or not, we'll see. Uh, trying to get them to the next round and so on, and trying to finally someday get them to a Stanley Cup championship championship there's so much effort and so much sweat that goes into this and that doesn't stop just because the games are on in the postseason now that's going on before every game and between games and believe me starting tomorrow uh, Martin Jones and Johan Hedberg will go back to work to try and keep his game to the level it was at tonight and even to clean up things they didn't like about tonight which I'm sure they can find it, the thing that I loved, Randy, tonight was across the board, the overall efforting. I think that when in game one, when the Sharks jump out like that, 
when they look like that in games, it, it happens sometimes so flawlessly. They're riding that wave of emotion. They look like they're on the power play when it's even strength. That was not the case in games three and four. Game two, you go back to that goalie interference call. Things could have changed, but it definitely wasn't the case in games three and in game four. Tonight, they came out and they did get the early goal, but they still had to keep on fighting. They never overwhelmed Vegas the same way they did tonight like they did in game one. But I like that, though, because they kept having, whether it was a poke check or whether it was just finishing their checks or whether it was giving up their bodies to block shots and block passes and staying back on defense and making the smarter plays, there was a concerted effort that went beyond the physicality. It went to the mental to me. I saw a smarter team on the ice tonight, and they had to keep on doing it because Vegas would not relent. They kept on coming at the Sharks. But to me, that was a, it was a much different type of win tonight in Game 5 than what we saw in Game 1. Well, this was the ultimate desperation. Season on the line. Reputations on the line. Maybe careers on the line. We don't know if Joe Thornton's coming back to the NHL next year. I hope he does. Me too. But we don't know. Is this the last we're seeing of this Hall of Famer? And I can't think of two guys to come back into the lineup at a better time in Thornton coming back here for Game 5 and Mark Edward Vlasic. Vlasic, from the first drop of the puck, was impactful uh, on his side of the ice. Making the, the smart safe, simple play defensively and getting the puck out of the zone. And, and Thornton is just such an inspiration. Uh, and, and even though his line mate Kevin LeBanc was benched basically for the second half of this game and, and replaced on that line, uh, that line continued to be impactful. So did Thornton. Uh, such a tremendous presence. So many games of experience. He's been in these situations before so many times and, and the other players can look to him for leadership. And, and you look at the other players who came to the forefront in this game it was the Sharks top players their best players were their best players Mm -hmm. in this game hurdle with two goals Couture not only scores a goal he takes the high stick spits out three teeth goes to the dressing room and the Sharks score on the power play from that high stick Timo Meyer has a big game I thought he was a a terrific player for the Sharks today um Logan Couture we just mentioned and, and and Joe Pavelski sticks the empty netter in but won some key draws and then what can you say about Eric Carlson uh, he was in on all three of the first goals uh, assisting on two of them and one went off his foot but uh, he continued to be a huge presence on the back end and, and when you have that collection of top players all pulling on the rope at the same time good things are going to happen you've obviously called a lot of hockey in your day and again we are talking to Randy Hahn the TV play-by-play voice of the San Jose Sharks is there anything quite as unique as watching Eric Carlson bring the puck up the ice? It's To me, it's completely unique because you can tell everybody suddenly pops up and watches him and gets a little bit nervous. I mean, his impact on the game on both ends is just remarkable. And the more and more that I've been able to see it this year with him in San Jose and then now that he's healthy again, it's, it's just something else to watch. Well, I don't even think he's 100%. Well, Pete DeBoer uh, implied as much the other day, saying we don't have a 100% Eric Carlson. What we have is probably about a 75% Eric Carlson, <laughs> but that's still awfully good. Yes, it is. Uh, and, and he's an elite player. He's one of the best players in the world. It's why Doug Wilson went all in. It's why he made the move. Uh, bring a player like that here to try and get the Sharks over the line. 
they've still got a long way to go, and they've still got a long way to go in this series. But the healthier Eric Carlson gets, and now there's an extra day off mm-hmm. before Game 6 on Easter Sunday in Vegas, that's going to help Carlson. It's going to help the other banged-up players like Vlasic, who you know is coming off an injury, uh, and there's other players, uh, Couture, Hopefully just needs some minor dental work. He was able to come back out and finish this game, even taking it in the chiclets from uh, the high stick uh, and from Marcia. So uh, the, the days off, I think, are going to help the Sharks more than they'll help Vegas. And now some of the pressure shifts back to right. Vegas. Game six at home. They want to win it at home. They don't want to have to roll the dice and come back to San Jose for a game seven next Tuesday. Well, that's exactly what Joe Pavelski talked about after game number four. He said, hey, we bring it back game five, and then we get if we can get that win, we get those two extra days of rest, and anything can happen. And it's like you just alluded to. There, there is a distinguishable momentum shift that occurred in this game. I think Ve- Vegas felt like they were going to come in and take, take care of business tonight they they did not to me respond like a team that was expecting this type of pushback from the sharks or at least if they were expecting it they didn't play like they were ready for it well here's the uh here's the big telling point the line that's absolutely killed the sharks stone patcheretti stastny i'm checking my stat sheets right a stat (laughs) sheet right now mark stone number 61 minus two no points uh, Max Pacioretty, number 67, minus two, no points. Paul Stastny, minus two, no points. This line, with 28 points, they get completely shut down. That had to be one of DeBoer's keys tonight. Jones was a big part of that. But as a team, collectively, the Sharks found a way, at least for a night, to solve this lethal threesome that Vegas has thrown out there this uh, playoff season for the first time. And that's a huge confidence boost but just for the collective team defensively that they found a way to shut these guys down. Well, I feel that in sports, and particularly when you get into the playoffs, when one particular area of a team is performing that well for a number of games, it usually can't sustain, and there's usually a harsh correction. And maybe tonight we saw the beginning of that harsh correct correction. The real question is whether or not what the Sharks did can continue to be effective in Game 6 and then hopefully a Game 7 because the way that line looked until tonight, I mean, it was like nothing I'd ever seen. I had never seen a collection of guys like that t- torment the Sharks. I mean, it was... It was getting painful to watch. It was, and part of that is always playing from behind. They were getting that early goal. They, they scored three in the first minute in, in a game in each of the periods. And when you have that kind of a lead and you're playing with that lead, those guys just feel a little bit better and a little bit bigger. But one of the other things I really liked about the game tonight for the Sharks, uh, Game 5, was that they didn't allow the extracurricular stuff to get to them. Mm -hmm. I thought that in the games in Vegas, Ryan Reeves was in their head. He was in their kitchen. He was in Evander Kane's head. He, He got him off his game. Kane tonight didn't take any of the bait. Pete DeBoer was calm and composed on his bench. When when he was losing it a little bit in some of the games in Vegas, uh, contrastly, it was uh, Gerard Gallant on the Vegas bench tonight who was just in the referee's ear and the linesman's ear nonstop to the point where just watching him was insufferable <laughs> and, and, and arguing the high-stick pe- penalty which knocked Couture's teeth out. And, and I know 
the fact that he was arguing was that the call was made after the officials huddled to decide what happened there because the referee who was closest to the play didn't see it. But but he just wouldn't let up on them, and that's a tactic. And it did lead to a power play goal, I think, tonight because a call came right after one of his tirades at mm-hmm. the officials, but he was insufferable to watch, And but that's a, another whole story. But I think the Sharks <laughs> stayed away from that stuff. They stayed away from the referee baiting. They stayed away from Reeves and all his junk, and they just put their heads down and played a hard hockey game the way they can. And, and let's look back at the regular season. This Sharks team has come up with some heart-stopping comebacks in the regular season, uh, last-second wins in places like Washington, D.C., and Winnipeg, and, and other places as well in Anaheim, Meyer in overtime, etc. This is a clutch hockey team. They didn't have to do it late now, but now they might have to. Well, they're going to have to do it late in this series, and don't put it past them. How about this atmosphere tonight? This place was absolutely electric, and you know, I think this is what Pavelski was alluding to after Game 4, getting it back in this house. This morning at Morning Skate, we heard Timo talking about it, saying that the place was going to be a huge advantage for them, and you could feel them feeding off the energy here. It's, it's really remarkable in sports when you can see and feel the team responding to just the energy that's bouncing around through this building, and this building is one that is unique in professional sports. Well, I, I think fans underestimate the effect they have in the playoffs in the regular season there's so many games for so many nights and 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 sometimes the guys just don't have it fourth game in six nights and you're in the eastern time zone and uh you know on the road you can't even feed off the home crowd and and sometimes you come back off a long trip and you're here and you you lose to florida no matter how hard the fans cheer but in the stanley cup playoffs and especially a game like tonight i was so proud of the crowd here and and it helped that the sharks got the early lead they weren't on jones they they were supportive and I know it sounds trite, but it means something to the guys in that dressing room. They will tell you to a man that in a playoff game like this, the way the crowd boosts them gives them that extra lift. It makes a difference. And and don't get me wrong, the crowd in Vegas are going to be wild on Easter Sunday. And and the Knights are going to try and feed off that as well. But uh, the Sharks dodged the first bullet here. Now they've got to dodge the second one on Sunday, and then they've got to bring it back here. And wouldn't it be something if we had a Game 7 here next Tuesday and anything can happen? Anything can happen. I don't see any reason uh, why it can't happen, but we only have to wait and see. Well, Randy, you forgot to credit the broadcasting crew for the win tonight because <laughs> you know, that's, that's the most important thing, obviously. But you've got to get packed for Vegas, my friend, so I will let you go. But thank you for uh, coming on Morning Tide, and I hope we get to do these uh, until you know, well into June. My trips to Vegas, they're easy to pack for. A suit, a tie, and a Euro Speedo. (laughs) And that is a mental image for Mr. Hahn to leave you on. Randy Hahn, everyone, the TV play-by-play voice of the San Jose Sharks. Again, you are listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, which is distributed on the Sharks' social and digital platforms. It comes out every morning after the San Jose Sharks playoff games, and we get at least one more as we head towards game six Sunday night in Las Vegas, but we are continuing to react to last night's big win over Las Vegas. Let's get some more from Tomas Hurdle. And one of the big talking points this year was about the actualization of Tomas Hurdle, of him finally becoming the player that the San Jose Sharks long hoped he would become consistently. And he talked about the pressure and the desire to perform in the postseason. Yeah, I think so, you know, because I, you know, Pete give me every, 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 every game in a lot of minutes and I try to step it out help you know score score if I can and I think 
today take great effort, but you know I got for sure some lucky. Finally, get some goals because last couple of games I get a lot of shots, but can't get through. And finally, I hit a couple of goals, and for sure I take some responsibility because you know I play every night 20 minutes, so I try to prove it. I can take it as responsibility, and I and I think uh, it was pretty pretty good tonight. Yeah, he was pretty darn good last night. There is no doubting that Tomas Hurdle is an impact player that can be counted on, and he scored that all-important first goal in this series. I mean, that's just how it's gone. Whoever scores first is winning these games. Now, that might change in these next one and or two games, but he knew how big it was to get that first goal on the board. Yeah. Oh, it's it's huge, you know, in our building too. Because right away from first minute, we got fans behind the back, and and they help us, you know. They just cheering, you know, all, all all game, and it's it's a, it's a huge, you know. It's we got slow issue last month, you know, always you know hunting the games back, but finally we 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 have great start, but we have to be ready because it's we we not done yet, so we have to be ready for in Vegas because we know their building they start always fast, so hopefully we can similar like tonight. And you know who else knows how big those first goals are? The Captain Joe Pavelski. Yeah, so far, uh, you know, that's been the series. Scored first seems to win. Um, it's just, you get that confidence boost. We, we believe we can come back if we have to, but we don't want to. You know, we want to have those better starts and, and go from there, and tonight we had that. Speaking of performances with high importance, Martin Jones was fantastic, and Joe Pavelski said that's exactly what the team expected of him. It's totally what we expected. You know, he's, he's a heck of a goalie. I know everybody wants to write their things, but we all have belief in this guy. And you know, we played the right way tonight, and probably started with him and, and led the way out. But we were committed and helping him out a little bit. He made some great saves, especially that two-on-one there after they scored. You know game save and save there and uh, that's what he's always done for us he's made those key saves and you know we did our job tonight for once um, we stuck with it and guys you know all were focused on you know take care of their business and it's a start you know we we got to do a job resting now and, and get ready for you know even a better push from them and Pabs also talked about the overall demeanor for the team last night. Um, you know, uh, tonight it was, there was that feeling we weren't thinking about it. What we're going to do, we're going to win the game. Um, you know, so you just, you know, each night you try to reset. And, you know, I, I know it was, fans were frustrated probably after last game after the way, you know, that third period went. And, we were just as frustrated, you know. It kind of got out of hand once the game was out of hand for us. Um, but we, you know, it gets pushed aside pretty quick in this room, and you know, we're not ready to quit yet. Your head coach of the Sharks, Pete DeBoer, not ready to quit either, especially when he sees a guy like Tomas Hurdle stepping up and having such massive performances, which he was asked about after last night's win. Oh, for sure. I, you know, I, he, he uh, he's at a whole another level i think this year i think you saw that all season and uh big uh big players are needed in big games and that was a, as big a game as we've had all year and i thought he was uh, the best player on the ice and DeBoer also chimed in on the solid night from Martin Jones. Well, I mean, you know, he, he was outstanding in game 1, so it's not like he hasn't played well in a month, you know, it was it was, you know, 2 3 games ago he was great. So, you know, I, I think again, I, I think I think some of it was situational. We were playing behind from behind in those games. We have to open it up when we're behind. He gets 
probably more quality looks against him than he would normally get on a night like tonight. So I thought we, you know, playing with a lead tonight allowed us to, to defend better, to not give him those those point-blank looks or as many of them. And when we they did get him, he made some saves, which is what we need. So for me, you know, that, that was critical. And like you heard Randy allude to earlier, the Sharks were able to shut down that top line of Las Vegas Something head coach Pete DeBoer attributes to Mark Edward Vlasic and the rest of his D. Well, I think having Vlasic back is is huge. I mean, we we missed him for two games, so you can't uh, understate how important he is to our group. And I thought Bernsey was excellent tonight. Uh, you know, both those guys were were real solid. And you know, and again, I don't I don't think it's an accident that you had a, a world class defenseman back in your group, and you defend better. I mean, that's. Uh, that's not coaching. <laughs> so Pete DeBoer able to have some smiles after a big 5-2-1 for his Sharks last night as they force a Game 6. Go back to Vegas on Sunday. In the meantime, they get a chance to get some rest, get even healthier, and hopefully provide more problems for Las Vegas to deal with. And everybody that I talk to seems to be the under the impression that the more rest the San Jose Sharks get, the more dangerous it makes them as a team. Because, again, you think about Vlasic. More time to recover from whatever upper body injury he's been dealing with. More time for Eric Carlson. More rest for an elder statesman of the game like Jumbo. More time for young players like Meyer and Hurdle to just be that much more rested and ready. More time for Pavelski. More time for Couture. Burns. Go down the list. Everybody on the Sharks is going to benefit from this rest. They came into the postseason not 100% healthy. They've been getting beat up and banged around throughout the first five games of this series. They'll have an extra day now to get ready. It's the longest break we've had so far in the series. And it also sets up the biggest game of the series so far. The biggest since, well, last night in Game 5. That was the biggest game of the series. The Sharks won. Now we look ahead to Las Vegas. And again... I expect an absolute crazy effort from Las Vegas and their fans and the arena and everything is going to be a madhouse for the Sharks on Sunday. But it'll be a pressure cooker and a madhouse for Las Vegas as well. I mean, the momentum again, it has shifted from Las Vegas to the Sharks. Now the Sharks are daring them to knock them out in Las Vegas Sunday night and Las Vegas will have to answer the bell. They weren't able to do so last night. And now things just get that much more tricky for them as the Sharks get healthier and more confident. All right, that wraps it up for another edition of Morning Tide. Again, this drops every morning after Sharks playoff games across all the San Jose Sharks digital platforms. That means we're talking Instagram, we're talking Twitter, we're talking sjsharks.com. We make sure you have a way to listen to Morning Tide. A big thanks to Randy Hahn for taking some time out of his busy schedule to do an interview with me. And, of course, a big thanks to the San Jose Sharks and their fan base for making this all a reality. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. Thank you for listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide with Ted Ramey. Music composed by Yogi Yend. New episodes appear each morning after Sharks playoff games on the Sharks Sharks digital digital platform. platform. 